this species of veriformin's been extinct since the Cretaceous period. I mean, this thing is a this thing. Why? Hi, my name is Juan Pablo, and you can use uh, he, him, his pronouns when speaking about me. I am the, the church plant resident at Urban Village Church. Uh, my job is to explore the possibilities of starting a new bold, inclusive, and relevant faith community in, in Melrose Park for the Latinx community. Um, I love dinosaurs. When I was a kid and when I was in high school, I learned all about a dinosaur discovered in 1958 and was named after a local farmer that first saw the fossils in Argentina. His name was Victorino Herrera, so they named this dinosaur Herrerasaurus. Now that's my last name too, so I was ready to leave my cozy, comfy life in Chicago to become a paleontologist on the search of a full fossilized uh, remain of the Herrerasaurus. Up, to, up until then, they had only found parts of the skeletal remains. But in 1988, a paleontologist from the University of Chicago, Paul Sereno, um, traveled to Argentina. And there he found the full skull. From that skull, they were able to reconstruct and make a full reconstruction. Um, now, this discovery was really important because it helped paleontologists learn uh, what dinosaurs were like just after that time or right about the time that dinosaurs uh, first evolved. You can see a full exhibit of the Herrerasaurus at the Field Museum. It's pretty cool. But um, as much as I love dinosaurs and as much as I love learning about science in high school, I had really a lot of questions uh, when it came to this creation story. So I went to an adult at a church to ask. And I said, if the earth was created in six days, then what happened to the dinosaurs? He, did, he, uh, he began telling me a, a, a complete story that dinosaurs weren't real. That Satan, the father of all lies, planted the bones after the great flood to confuse Christians and to lead them away from God. You know, I left that conversation confused and a little sad that dinosaurs may not be real and also that the devil came up with a pretty cool idea. So what is true? Did God create the earth and all of creation in six days? Or is what scientists have uh, discovered and hypothesized about both the origins of the earth and the age of the earth true? This is part of uh, what we're trying to tackle with our series, uh, God and Science. Hopefully through this series, we can think critically about what it means to be seekers of truth, as Hannah shared with us last week that faith and science is intertwined and that knowledge can actually enhance our faith. And finally, we get to dive, uh, dive deep into wonder together. So, like biologists study uh, life and living organisms and paleontologists study life in the geological past by looking at fossils, theologians study the nature of God, or more uh, easily put, faith seeking understanding.
Uh, the beautiful thing about theology is that we're all theologians, from kids to the oldest of us. Just by having some kind of thought, idea, or any belief about God. R.C. Sproul put it this way, no Christian can avoid theology. Every Christian is a theologian. Perhaps not a theologian in the technical or professional sense, but a theologian nevertheless. The issue for Christians is not whether we're going to be theologians, but whether we're going to be good theologians or bad ones. But how do we take these texts in the Bible, like the creation story, and make sense of them? One resource uh, that we can use is called, uh, Wes called Wesley's Quadrilateral. Hard to pronounce for me. Uh, the, the Wesleyan Quadrilateral is best described by a line from the United Methodist uh, Church's Book of Discipline. And it states, uh, Wesley believed that the living core of the Christian faith was revealed in Scripture, illuminated by tradition, vivified in personal experience, and confirmed by reason. Now, the first part of the quadrilateral is Scripture. Scripture is how we learn about the attributes of God, um, how Jesus lived his life on earth, and all about his ministry while he was on earth. But sometimes, understanding some of the stories and the verses can be kind of confusing and difficult. So sometimes we have to decide if we take the scripture literally or if we need to look at the full context of what we're looking at to understand it a little better. Uh, one example of this can be found in Mark 9, uh, verse 47. It says, And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Now, if we took this verse literally, most of us would be wearing an eye patch right now. The second uh, resource that we have is tradition, or the collective wisdom of the Christian community. Uh, this is where I believe that we can lean on the Holy Spirit that speaks to all of us. For me, um, as I look towards others in our community for wisdom, especially when I'm dealing with something difficult, um, it helps me understand God a little more. And the third side of our quadrilateral is reason. Uh, this is where we can put our thinking cap on and discern uh, the truth from error. And we do this by critical thinking. Um, it doesn't help explain everything, but it can help us know what God uh, wants and how God wants things to be. We use reason to figure things out in the world, even uh, when it comes to what we think about social justice issues like racism or immigration, or even if we should be wearing masks during a pandemic. And the final side to this shape is experience. We can use this as a means of confirming truth. Listening to others' uh, experiences is an important way to test our theological understandings. This is why I love that we share testimonies every week at Urban Village. Have you ever come to church uh, or to our worship service feeling like crap or that your life was on a downward spiral? You know that the Bible says, uh, I sought the Lord and He answered me and He delivered me from all my, all my fears, but you don't feel it in your gut. And then all of a sudden you hear a beautiful testimony from one of our siblings and they share of how God made a way when there was no way and it lifts you up. This is a power of experience. So, let's take a look at the creation story in light of Wesley's quadrilateral. So, do we take this 
creation story literally or do we take it figuratively? Uh, for me, one hint is in looking at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. If we look at them, we'll see that there are two different versions of the creation story. Uh, perhaps this was Israel's way of telling a story of their beginnings, and perhaps each version was written for a different audience. And it's a beautiful story. Uh, when my daughter Gabi was little, she was scared of the dark. I told her um, this beautiful story about how God created the moon to help us not be afraid of the dark, and that the moon is always with her and even follows her when we leave the house. Uh, I would get a little chuckle when we would take long drives and she would point out that the moon was following her. She's 24 years old now and obviously she doesn't uh, believe that the moon follows her. But at three years old, the thought of a God that never leaves her alone through any situation was uplifting to her. Our tradition or community is full of scholars who study the scripture and we can lean on those scholars to learn about the historical, the social political situations happening at the time of the writings in Scripture, and even um, who were the audience of these writings. This creation story is full of literally, literary, literary, and theological uh, tactics that make it clear that this text is not attempting to be a scientific account about the origin of creation, but a theological declaration about the goodness of creation. Um, and that was in great contrast to the religious systems of their time uh, with Canaan and Babylon. And then there's reason. We know that the earth isn't uh, 6,000 years old. We have carbon dating and other scientific methods that uh, prove that the earth has been here for a very long time. I think there's space to believe in, in the science of evolution and climate change and biology and still hold on to our theological beliefs. And this is where our theology and experience can converge uh, to ground our beliefs about Jesus and follow Jesus' teaching to the fullest. For decades I thought, um, I was taught to believe that the kingdom of God was out of reach for certain people in our community that our LGBTQIA plus siblings, um, part of our familia, was excluded from the love of God? Or how about the belief that uh, black members of our familia are not, are not due the same care or respect and equity that others are due just for the color of their skin? That our neighbors can be separated from us by a wall and that their children can be put in cages? Or that not wearing a mask when we go outside takes away our rights at the cost of black and brown bodies dying from a horrible virus during this pandemic. For me, the story of creation is a beautiful account of Imago Dei, or the image of the divine God, which means that humanity mirrors God's divinity, and it shows God's care for humankind. The moment where God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, where they created us male and female. When we know in our inner being that we are Imago Dei, then we recognize that we are part of creation through whom God's plans and purposes can be made known and real. We are co-creators with God. If humans are to love God, then humans must love other humans. We're all an expression of God. Our focus then changes. We see Jesus' ministry on earth, on earth as our ministry. 
we see our trans siblings as an expression of God, full of hope and love, and we treat them as such. We see our black siblings as an expression of God. Then we can say, tu lucha es mi lucha, your struggle is my struggle. And we join them in their fight for justice at the hands of their oppressors. If we see the countless black and brown folks uh, dying from COVID, we do our part. We show our love for them by wearing a mask and socially distancing, even if it inconveniences us. You see, I can still believe in dinosaurs and be excited about the Herrerasaurus and the implications that that discovery had on the science of paleontologists and still believe in the creation story found in Genesis 1 and 2 because that story helped strengthen my faith that God loves us so much that he made us co-creators of his love on this earth. It brings Jesus' ministry to the outcasts and the marginalized in a new light. And it, and it shows an example of how we can be co-laborers in that ministry. As we work to bring about the Imago Day in our lives, it that becomes a journey to wholeness um, or our authentic self pointing to Christ and the teachings of love and inclusivity and we share this in bold and innovative ways. God bless you.